the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. told you at the beginning of the show, you're listening to I Am Real Estate, and we are very thrilled and, you know, wonderful to have Dr. Fugen, if I say this right, is Nezer Aruglu. Perfect. Did I say it okay? Great. You said it perfectly. Thank you. I I was telling everybody in the beginning of the show, I've watched those show on Hoarders, and those are the extremes, and Dr. (laughs) Uh, you're in Great Neck, and you are on the Scientific Advisory Board member of the International OCD Foundation, as well as the president of OCD in New York. And you you wrote two books about hoarding, Overcoming Compulsive Hoarding, Why You Save and How You Can Stop, and Children of Hoarders and How to Minimize the Conflict, Reduce Clutter. So... First of all, because I said in the beginning of the show, I mean, that's extreme what you see on TV, uh, but there's all different degrees of it. And I know a lot of people say, do you think so-and-so is a hoarder? And we see a lot in the real estate business. You have a website. And tell us about what you do on your website, how to go on it, and how to find out if you're suffering from a hoarding disorder or somebody that you might know, a relative or something. Well, as you said, Dottie, um, not everyone is as extreme as what you see on those programs. Uh, There's all varying degrees. And I think it's important really to see whether you have hoarding or not. And we have a little quiz you can take to determine if you're a hoarder or not. And you just go on www.biobehavioralinstitute.com. And you can take the quiz, and it'll give you an indication whether you might be a hoarder. So wait, you want to say that again for me? So I'm writing sure. it down to www.biobehavioralinstitute. Biobehavioralinstitute.com. And that's all one, no space. Yes, one word, yeah. And it's basically the idea is that each individual is made up of their own biology and our past experiences, our environment, and we learn certain behaviors. So we have to really tackle both our own physiology as well as our behaviors and habits. And so, so I'm on I'm on your quiz right now and I just I, I want to know how do I know because I'm reading it. It says I gotta add up my answers. 
to determine. And so is a higher score more likely to be a hoarder or a lower score? Higher score is more likely. Higher score. Okay. And is there a threshold number where I'm I'm going to be one? No, no. It just would show you kind of the degree. Yes. I I have a lot of these things. I'm going to need to talk to you more, I think. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so how... How, so so if you think you're suffering from an, a, a hoarding disorder, that's one way. Go to www. I want to say it again because it's long and some people might be driving. www.bio. Behavioral. 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 Institute. So it's three words. Biobehavioralinstitute.com. And there's a few different tests, but if you do forward slash hoarding, you'll find it. And I'm on this test. It's not very long either. It's it's only 20 questions. You could do this one, two, three. Very interesting stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So So, how do you, in other words, you know, I mean, again, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge. I just see that on TV and I'm like, I can't even... It's hard to fathom it. Right. Uh, but then I do know people that I've seen their, you know, homes or their apartments and they like have clutter or they're not like to that extreme, but they'll have tons of newspapers. They can't like they, what, does, is there any particular right. reason this happens or is it just. Oh, good. Well, I want to know. Okay. So it's within what we call the spectrum of obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, meaning that you have really a preoccupation and obsession with your possessions. Um, It could be anything, as you said, journals, papers, the mail, pens, stockings, clothes. I mean, I'm sure, Dottie, you've gone into homes where people have lots and lots of clothes, and their tags are still on them, so they're purchasing things that they're not even using. And it could be all over the place. But they, they can't, can't let with go. They can't let it go. They can't discard it. They have an urge to acquire things. So they go into a store, whereas you may go into a store thinking, well, I need to purchase this, or I, I, going out on Friday evening, I want a blouse. They go in, and they just, like, are insatiable. You know, they're just going to purchase things or pick up flyers. They don't have to buy. It could be just flyers. It could be matches. It could be anything anywhere. Uh, doctor's cards, uh, you know, mm. brochures, anything. And then you bring so it this home. Is a fo- yeah, you bring it home and you just... And, it just, and what do you do with it? You it just leave it? It sits there. <laughs> exactly. It just sits there. And you think you're going to use it one day. You're going to make... Well, maybe I will. Yeah, maybe I will use it. Maybe you will. But if you haven't used it in two years then or, you know, five years or even in a year, unlikely that you will. So we don't really, you know, we try to get people slowly to give up things. Um, So you may not be able to give up all your journals or all your newspapers. But if you haven't read the newspaper in six months... The news is old. We have the Internet today. You could get that information from somewhere else. If you have pieces of clothing and you think you're going to make a quilt one day and you haven't in 10 years, hmm, and if you do decide, then, (laughs) you know, you'll go buy the material then or you'll ask people. um, You'll find it. It's just not going to happen. So there is an attachment to their possessions. 
Is that a compulsive? Now that is like part of a compulsive disorder, obsessive compulsive, or different? Yes, yes, it's part of the rubric or under the umbrella, let's say, of obsessive compulsive disorder. Yes. So here's what I want to know. We're going to declutter our house because we want to sell it. And for example, I have a relative that has a lot of stuff in their house. And Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm berating them when I'm saying you got to get rid of this stuff. What do you do if you have an elderly, because I know you wrote a book for children. What do you do if you have an elderly parent or uncle or aunt and you want to help them get rid of it so they could sell their house and like they need to move on? How do you do this? Well, or they could just live live in a normal environment some of it's safe well or it may be a necessity you know you want to move your parents closer to you so you can exactly them or keep an eye on them and that happens very often um or you want your grandchildren to go and visit uh you know and you can't you can't go into the house so they're really pragmatic practical reasons why you need to declutter so what we do is we, we really have to look at what, what are they attached to and why, and what are they able to slowly give up. So recently I worked with a, um, a woman who was, I think, in her late 70s, early 80s, whose daughter wanted her to move uh, closer to her. And so we had to get rid of a lot, a lot of stuff. And plus... She really, you know, some of it hasn't been cleaned or organized in so long that we don't really want to move that to somewhere else. Um, We start with a very small area. We start with, let's say, the kitchen table, or we start with the bedroom. And we start in a little corner, believe it or not, and we kind of look at what is in there and what can you get rid of. Uh, And we make a hierarchy. So here was this woman who had stockings all over and the stockings were ripped, and she, could, she wasn't going to use those stockings. So we, we said, okay, can you get rid of all the stockings? Because you know you that say? they're ripped. Yeah. And that's did she get rid she of them? Did. Yeah. She did it. She, she oh, good. She did. It. She did. Okay. Um, then she had clothing from her husband who had deceased about 20 years ago. And she, she had, had a lot it. of memories about those clothes. So sometimes it's not, I'm going to use it in the future. Right. It's, oh, my God, you know, I remember when we went to Hawaii and he, won, he wore this shirt. and We had such a fabulous time. And you go, oh, my God, okay, so keep that. You, I mean, you start off with good intentions, but before you know it, there's this history behind every piece of clothing. And we can't keep a whole wardrobe. Now, don't people try to really, like, you'll see that uh, people who are severely are, are, are bad try to keep it from their friends and their children so they don't even let them in their house much? Exactly. And, like, you, you, you see, like, a child is, like, horrified. They really had no idea. A lot of uh, times they, they really don't know. So if you suspect that you're a relative or someone close to you is a hoarder um, and you don't know how to approach it. And, you know, a lot of times I don't know if they even know they have a problem or maybe they do. How, what would you, what would be the, like the approach they would call you? I mean, how would they, they need a professional. Basically, hoarders don't are so afraid 
that you're going to ask them to throw everything out, that they really don't want to come to you. They're frightened to death. So basically what I tell family members is really your only job is like an intervention. You have to meet with the person and say, I love you dearly, Mom, but we really need to clean this up. I really want you to, you know, with love and kindness, convince the person what your intent is. I want to move you close by, Mom, and I re- or I want the children to be able to have a Christmas dinner with you or whatever it is. And we really need to attack this issue together as a family and they'll say i'll do it i'll do it i'm going to have this place ready in two months for thanksgiving and we know they're not going to have it because they no chance that you know way every year year. (laughs) over and over again so you say okay mom just do me one favor i really need you to come with me to this doctor i found who can help us teach you some ways that will make it easy for you to give up some of your stuff, not all of your stuff. So you're really the only job as a family member is to get them through that door once. And then it's our job to convince you. To To convince them. Yeah, that we can help you. Now let me ask you something. Wait, just in your book, you... uh, you talk a little about, which I've seen, obviously, being in the business, where somebody dies and the parents were a hoarder, one of their parents was, and whether someone's there or not, the other one really hit it. And uh, they have to go through the clutter after the death of a parent who warts. How do they get through that? And how do oh. they, can they, can they call you also? Because it's a really painful process for a lot of people. And uh, again, when I watch that show, I that's extreme, but you'd be right. surprised. You'd be surprised. I'm in the business a long time. You'd be surprised what you see that people hold on to. So how do you... Mm-hmm. Well, they call you unfortunately, children? you know, the, you, you're inheriting someone else's hoard. And um, now two things happen. Either the individual is able to... Don- Usually if they donate or give it to people they like, there it's easier for them um if they but some people can't do that you know now it's their their begin they start to begin to hoard they take the stuff and they bring it home they put it in the garage they get storage space i'll go through it later i'm grieving the loss right now i can't deal with this as well and then it's before you know it they have all these things either in a storage or in their garage, and they can't use their garage any longer, and it's creating problems. And then they try to give it away to a friend who doesn't want it, and it becomes a major problem. So you inherit the hoarding. You. Yeah, you well, inherit that's what the hoarding. Wow. If you're a child and your parents are hoarders, or one of them is, what you know, and again, I've watched those shows and I've seen it. Well, how does somebody live with somebody like that? I mean, now, if you're a child, you have no choice if you're the child. Right. So do, you, do you end up growing up? This, in other words, if you're a child of a hoarder. And you become one? Yeah, that was my question. Yeah. It really, it, you either become a hoarder or you go the opposite in which you don't want anything around. It's like meticulous, their homes. Um, wow. Yeah, the minimalist. And um, so it's, it could go in either direction. And now, usually there's you, a lot of hurt feelings that they feel that their parents 
loved the possessions more than them, that there was they that the possessions were special. So there's a lot of hurt um, that comes along as well. So and now, you counsel you have, the kids? Yeah, that's Will you talk right. to the kids? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, because it interferes with, you know, all kinds of needs to feel special in their relationship with their spouses or friends. It comes up in all different ways because they didn't feel that way growing up. And as you said, you know, if you're a child, you don't have much of a choice. But as a spouse or as a partner, you you do, but you get used to it because it, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens through a period of time. So, but, but aren't you basically, not if you're the child, because as a child you don't have a choice, but if you're the husband or the aren't you basically enabling somebody by living with that and not getting them help? Or you just say it just, you just end up putting, you know, you just... Well, I guess. as I said, it happens over time, and by the time it happens, you either get used to it or you can't tolerate it anymore. And that's where the marital discord begins. But what I always say is you have to really think about your um, child as a parent. Right. Okay, somebody has a hoarding problem, so maybe they can't, but the other person really needs to take over and say, I can't have my child grow up in this kind of a household. So I have a new angle on this question, just because I dealt with this yesterday, Dottie. It's actually very interesting that we, we had a consult yesterday, and it was a child of a decedent, someone who just died, and the brother wanted to throw everything out, and he was going through the house and throwing everything out. And this person that came in said, can I get a court order to keep all the stuff? And forgetting the legality of it, how do I work out between siblings where one, as you said, they could go into the into the they become the hoarder and the other mm-hmm. one is, is meticulous? How would mm-hmm. you how would you address that dynamic? It's really hard because, yeah. you know, they're to- two opposites. So my suggestion would probably be, um, you know, if the person who's not the hoarder says to the other one, listen, if you want these things, either we could donate it. So sometimes they'll feel okay by donation. Um, we could have a estate sale if it's valuable. Okay. Uh, or, you know, you're welcome to take it. But saying and, throw, that I'm going to throw it out is painful to the person. So you're saying, say, we'll use it. We'll, we'll give it to someone else that will make it so we're not slapping them in the face of making it not well, worthwhile. Well, right. Well, exactly. What I want to do for our listeners, um, if Please. it's okay with you, uh, how do our listeners, I know they can go to your website, uh, and I hope you don't mind if I post the website on my site so that if you didn't get it, because we sure. don't want you driving and, and writing, uh, but uh, so they can reach you on your web, if they need counseling or they want to talk to you about a specific problem, because it's probably usually not the hoarder themselves, or... Maybe it is, but how do they reach you? Just go on your website and leave the name, or? Well, they can, or they could call. I can give a number, which is 516-487-7116. And we have people who could answer their questions. So it's 516-487-7116, and we're in Great Neck. 
you're right near Peter Luger's. I could go see you and then go have a steak. This is this exactly. is. Uh, I'm sitting here on Northern <laughs> Boulevard. Good restaurants, actually. Uh, the best. You're in like Restaurant Row. Oh my God. I was gonna say we have wonderful restaurants. I love it there. Well, I grew up on Long Island, and Great Neck, growing up, was my stomping grounds. And I'm sure if you were there a while, you remember Millie's and all those places. Yeah. Uh, Great Neck is, uh, you know, was just like the place. It still is. It's a great place to live if those of you who, uh, and it's close to the city. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a great. Absolutely. So, listen, I am going to post this on my site because many of you have asked me, um, when you have, especially when you have a relative or it's a parent, and I am going to put this number and all the information about uh, the doctor on my site. And I'll also we also have a group. We have a group that are of hoarders. It's called group Buried in Treasures. Buried. Oh, I like that. Buried, uh-huh. buried yeah. in Treasures, and um, they meet once a week for about an hour and a half. And um, we teach them strategies on how to deal with their possessions and not to feel overwhelmed, how to organize it, how to donate and give it away, what to keep, what, how do you make a decision as to what to keep, what to give away. And you have the support of other people who are in the same predicament as you are. It sounds right. to me like there's not really like a cure that this is a lifetime that you just have to keep working on too, right? Like when yeah. we're like kind of like a alcohol disorder or something like that. Am I getting it right? Absolutely true. Absolutely. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not a one-time fix. Like I can't fix mom. It's a, we're going to have to try and keep working on these types of things. Absolutely. Right. If you really think about it, everything is, is a matter of time and chronic and you just work at it and, and you know what I always say? If you're a little bit better today than you were yesterday and you're going in the right direction, that's the main thing. But Absolutely, it's wonderful Dottie. to have somebody like you because you'd be surprised how many orders to various degrees there are and how many times people ask me, like, what do I do? Um, and I'm going to put it on our website and also the radios uh, because I don't know that many people that really deal with this, but it is really a major problem. Uh, very few people so actually deal with it. Yeah, so, I was going to ask you quickly before the show ends, how did you get involved with this? Because there's really no one. It's, it's, right. I, I got involved because of my interest in obsessive compulsive disorder. So there are so many disorders that are related, such as hoarding disorders, such as hair pulling, trichotillomania, as is um, people who seek cosmetic surgery a lot, who see their selves as being unattractive, and they're really there's nothing wrong with them, at least according to other people, even though they see something wrong. Um, they become preoccupied with their appearance. That's body dysmorphic disorder. So there are many other disorders that are very, very similar to obsessive-compulsive disorder. So you don't just deal with hoarding. You deal with other compulsive disorders also. Anxiety yeah. and other disorders, yes. Yeah. And you do it from a scientific perspective, I which I love. Again. You're I the best. I have a lot of questions, again. Dottie. Again. We need her back. I we need you to come back. It's okay. so important. Yeah, love to. Love to. Yeah. I'm so love excited. To, love, love to talk about that. I have uh, even some clients that are not hoarders, but like I have a client, I won't name her on the, on the air, but she must have had 100 plastic surgeries. That wow. Wow. Exactly. I have a new book coming out on that. I have three other books on body dysmorphic disorder, 
but I have a new one that's coming out this year on body dysmorphic, which is really, again, a preoccupation with your appearance and putting a lot of time and energy into um, something that you perceive as a flaw or defect in, in the way you look. I think that's, you know what, I think that's so important, especially today. I see, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, but I just see what people are doing, and it starts, and it gets, and there's some people that just go crazy, and I say it's like, you know, it's like when you redo a home, if you redo one part of yourself, that's you can't right. have to do the whole rest. I'd love to have you back. Thank you so Thank much. For you. Thank you. You're Thank you. Thank you. And have a great weekend. To all of you. We'll yes. Back. We'll be back. Have a great long weekend if you're off. And the kids are off from school, I know. And uh, don't get too snowy if it snows in New York. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. We'll miss you all. Miss you all. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Have a great week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.